This is the Drive-In Podcast, episode 19, take one. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 19th episode of the Drive-In Podcast. On today's episode, we have the checkup with Dr. O talking about the latest news in the movie industry. We have the review of the cult classic Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, and we have our top billing of the best music moments in movies. So use the restrooms now, grab your popcorn, and get ready for the 19th episode of the Drive-In Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 19th episode of the Drive-In Podcast. Uh, before we get started on here, I just want to remind you to please follow us on all our social media platforms at the Drive-In Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, the Drive-In on Facebook and YouTube, and check out our blog on a daily basis at thedriveinpod.com. So that brings us to the beginning of our episode. How's everybody doing? Dr. O, Ricky Flicks, how are you? Fantastic. Uh, we've had super wildcard weekend, so we got six playoff games for the, in the NFL. So we're in sports heaven right now. And then we also got to watch, uh, as Nez said, off, off, off uh, recording, an electric movie with Scott Pilgrim, Edgar Wright, classic, cult classic. So uh, pumped to talk about it. Oh, I can't wait to talk about it. I, I think I've mentioned Scott Pilgrim in like six different episodes of The Drive-In already. And that's just because I, I just can't stop talking about it. It's, it's an amazing movie. In my opinion, it's one of my favorites. And yeah, I also, I'm, I'm having some playoff fever as well. I watched all the games. Crazy. Today, having, having a lot of fun. Got to watch the Seahawks lose, which means the Jets pick is going to be better because they have their first round pick. And I got to see Jamal Adams lose, even though he, because he forced mm-hmm. trade it to, out of a trade. And he has just as many uh, playoff wins as the Jets this year. So um, that makes me happy. I saw people dunking on him on Twitter because there was a video circulating. I think it was like after they got into the playoffs or clinched the playoff spot, he was like smoking a cigar, calling like calling the Seahawks champions and stuff. And the, do champions get bounced in the wild card weekend? I don't think so, buddy. So he also you know, I, Jamal Adams, man, scumbag too, injured, he also, in, yeah. injured the Rams quarterback. I know not yeah. Goff, but hit him to in the head. Yeah, Wolford. Yeah, Wolford. and uh, he also smoked that cigar backwards, which was hilarious. All right, well, that's enough sports talk for today. This is a movie podcast, so I'm just going to throw it over to Dr. O for the checkup with Dr. O. Dr. O, check us up. Let's check the audience up. Thank you for throwing it to me, Nez. Uh, We have some MCU news to lead off the checkup today. We have Oscar Isaac, our golden boy. He's confirmed to star as Moon Knight in the upcoming Marvel Disney Plus series. Oscar Isaac was long rumored for the role, but was officially confirmed according to Deadline this week. What do we think of our Golden Boys casting, Ricky Flicks? Thank you. As I, as I didn't get an intro, I am Ricky Flicks. Thank you as for that great intro to myself. But yeah, I am excited for this confirmation of Moon Knight as Oscar Isaac. As we have, as we have been teased with these rumors, they are now officially true as a cinematographer has confirmed it on his Instagram. And I can't wait for this, boys. This movie is going to, or the series, excuse me, is going to be awesome. This has been described as an action adventure type series, uh, Indiana Jones style. And Moon Knight as a character is just so, infe- is so interesting to me because 
He was a former mercenary, right? And now he's a crime-fighting vigilante. So what do you think of? You think of like a Deadpool type. But then he has like the supernatural effects with like an Egyptian god that he met in a near-death disaster uh, uh, situation. So you have like a, a superhero natural powers as well coming in his way. So it's going to be interesting to see how they spin that with that mercenary aspect of his life, Moonlight's, uh, Moon Knight's life. And Oscar Isaac, like, come on. Like, the guy is a great action star for first uh, the start with, yeah, his Triple Frontier, Star Wars. It's going to be in Dune. So he's, he's on this path, right? But he's also just a great actor. He's been in A24 movies with The Most Violent Year, Ex Machina, which I think is criminally underrated movie of the past decade. And I thought his performance in that was amazing. So I'm just excited. We all know how, how, how I feel about Oscar Isaac. I tweet about him all the time. Follow me at Ricky Flicks. I love this. Nez, what do you think? Well, I think it's the checkup with Dr. O and that you don't need an introduction. That's what I think. I don't need an introduction when I get onto the podcast? Okay, thanks. Flex, get over it. Oh, my God. No, I will not get over that. I'll remember that. <laughs> we had a whole intro. We talked. Okay, anyways. Anyways, um, yeah, I, I think we collectively as a podcast all have a massive crush on Oscar Isaac. And I think we discussed this in one of the past episodes. Uh, so I'll keep it short and sweet and just say – uh, I'm really hyped about it. Uh, the script must be good if he's officially on board. Um, so it has me definitely very excited to uh, to see what they're going to do with this. Um, also, you know, this kind of, I mean, not late stage, but this is, you know, really deep into the MCU now, right? So it's like, what can they do? How are they going to change things up? Are they going to keep going with like the same formula? Or are they going to, you know, change it up? And, and how are they going to spice it up for the audience, right? They've come out with so many movies that all have tied together and how is this going to be different or you know how are they going to make it better that's just one question yeah and with i i like that yeah as with this one though is that with moon knight he has like an identity disorder and he shifts into multiple personalities like through the years so like it's a series and mm -hmm. I'm, I'm assuming more than one season so it's gonna be interesting to see do they go to other personalities and like what are they going to do with this and it could be totally different than what we've seen like you just mentioned as sorry dr o you go ahead mm -hmm. yeah He's a fascinating character. So he has two alter egos he switches in and out of. One, he's a cabbie named Jake Lockley. And secondly, he's a millionaire playboy, as Stephen Grant. Like, he, is, he bounces back and forth. And uh, Ricky Flex mentioned, like, Egyptian powers. Some iterations of the character, he has those powers. Other times, he's just uh, more similar to, like, a Batman. Um, so like, that's what he's kind of compared to in the Marvel Universe. Like, that's his, like, DC comparison. So he lives this like uh he's a this billionaire lifestyle uh who and he has all these gadgets and he's kind of like a gritty darker character and it's like a detective style so it's going to be mm. fascinating to see and then our boy right oscar isaac he's on an absolute heater uh obviously coming off rise of skywalker now he's dipping from star wars he's going to the marvel universe he's obviously he's obviously going to be have a substantial role in dune which is this other massive franchise that's about to be born uh so he's like dipping in the metal gear solid he's all in these comic book slash right. video game type right. movies but also he's not losing that oscar appeal either he he's was just cast as, as uh francis ford coppola in that upcoming movie uh with uh barry levinson starring alongside jake gyllenhaal all right, remember that that movie and that that's coming out. So he hasn't lost that appeal, and he's just everywhere right now. All right, moving on with the checkup. We had two major trailers drop, like two potential Oscar contenders. The first being Malcolm and Marie, directed by Sam Levinson. Uh, it's 
The trailer drops starring John David Washington and Zendaya, who's coming off an Emmy win. The movie premieres February 5th, 2021 on Netflix. The synopsis is a director and his girlfriend's relationship is tested after they return home from his movie premiere and await critic responses. So fascinating trailer here. Oscar contender. What do we think, Nez? Um, I, that trailer was a emotional roller coaster. <laughs> um, I was like, wow, this is beautiful. Oh my God. They're fighting and they hate each other, but they love each other. It's just like, I feel like it's going to be a, an emotional roller coaster. It looks like, um, you know, it's it's a couple that uh, is very into each other, but there's, you know, obviously ups and downs. And it's like very, uh, it seems very realistic almost where it's like, you know, they have these very big thorough fights, um, but they do love each other. And like, there is kind of something uh, more there, but uh, I don't know. It seemed very, it, it was very captivating. It's It's like very like gritty. It seems like a very gritty love story. Um, and the fact that it was in black and white, is it go- the whole thing going to be in black and white? It appears so. Choice. That's mm-hmm. an interesting choice. I, I like that. People are doing that more and more. And maybe Netflix is doing that more and more because of Mank. Now is in black and white. So that's really interesting. Um, all in all, love these two actors. And I think it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be a really excellent movie from what I've seen. It seems like it's going to be really, really cool. And like, it's going to be a good, uh, like, romantic drama kind of thing uh, i'm gotcha. excited i'm definitely very excited about it i hadn't really heard anything about it but after watching that trailer i was like oh shit True. Uh, there was a lot of buzzies during the summer about it because it was being shot during covid it was like the first movie to continue mm. production like secretly like no yeah. one even knew they already made the movie in like two weeks yeah mm. it was shot really were there quickly. any tom tom cruise moments <laughs> <laughs> i can't but, uh, sleep at night <laughs> But uh, no, I I totally agree with you. And I thought it was interesting. Like near the end, they said this is not a love story, so that made me like more curious about it. Because before mm-hmm. that moment, I thought, oh, we got just a two people love story, mm-hmm. traditional setting, just in their house or apartment. Like, all right, this is just what we've seen before. Mm-hmm. But like that that aspect of the trailer made me like more interested in it. Well, he said it's not a love story; it's a story about love. So, right. my prediction of it is that it's going to be more like. I mean, he cheated on her. More grit. You think he cheated on, or her. not the other way? Yeah, when it's, it's a story about. It's, it's the to me this movie when I when I was looking at it, I kind of like could already tell he cheated on her, and she like, he won't forgive him on the outside. They have this great relationship, but there is some toxicity like between them. Mm. Is, I think I think it's pretty obvious on like if that happens, like almost predictable. But I think it's really going to lean on the performances here. Like it's, it's in Zendaya, like just from the trailer, like and she's coming off that Emmy win. I could see her being nominated for an Oscar easily for this movie. I think it's going to heavily lean on, lean on her. But what I also thought when I was watching this trailer is we have like John David Washington. He like, she like, Jedi looks like his niece. <laughs> she looks yeah, so, young so young compared to him. So I was just like, uh, like, I know like Jedi is gorgeous. Right. And she's like, I, she's a grown woman. It's just like her, she has those young features and John David Washington has this like big, like burly beard, you know, like, it's, yeah. like and so it's like, it just seems like there's a massive age difference. Not that there's a problem. And it kind of works because he's a director. She's like an actress, like for him and his movie. So it could be, it'll be an interesting dynamic to watch for sure. She's yeah. 24 and John David Washington is 36. Wow. Okay. Yeah. 12 year difference. Yeah. That's, and <laughs> that's a huge difference, but that's also just to go, Hollywood. but to go along with that, like this, like I said, it's like a, a, just a setting in a room, really. This is what this movie is. So it's going to rely heavily on the dialogue and on the performances. And these are two people that are on their come up 
uh, into their primes, like about to be in their primes. And they need this really to like push them forward into those. They want to be in those Oscar contending roles. This is going to be like, this is supposed to be, I should say, the ones to leap them into that conversation. And Zendaya is getting it only at age 24 is remarkable. But John David Washington coming off a of tenant, this is going to be like, all right, I can do, like, I am a very, I can do a lot of different roles. I'm, I can do a tenant action star. I could be in uh, Ballers, even though I did not like him in that. Or I could be like a Adam Driver type marriage story style, like just all dialogue and acting. And yeah. we're here the performance. Super, right. This is master it's, for the resumes. This um this really reminded me of Marriage Story as I was watching the, the arguments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was really it was really interesting. It looks right. like it's it's going all out in the artsy fartsy, like the black and white. I, I kind of like it. It's gonna be gritty. It's not gonna be a traditional love story, I guess, or at least it's like appearing so. But it's like it's like they may, it seems like Oscar bait with these mm-hmm. two actors. It seems like black and white, and then it just seems and it's also. What's also fascinating is Zendaya has a relationship with this director because this director is the guy who is the showrunner for Euphoria. So yeah. I think it could have those type of vibes too, for sure. Benefits Zendaya greatly. Oh, yeah. All right, so are we going to tomatometer predict? I love it. Yeah, let's drag in the tomometer predictor. What is the score going to have on Rotten Tomatoes? Nez, why don't you lead us off? Take your guess. I'm going to go with 91. Damn. I think it, I think it's going to get a lot of love. I really do. I That's think the dialogue I mean. is there. I think the cinematography is there. The acting is there. Uh, the Holy Trinity right there for the, for a good A A minus underscore. score. Flex, what do you think? I had a ninety one too. I I think that it'll be similar to a marriage story where some people are gonna just fall in love, uh, fall in love with this movie, and some people are gonna be like, oh, like I can appreciate it. So it's a good movie, but it just didn't really do it for me. That's what I think is going to fall into, but more on the side of, wow, I just have to appreciate this movie. Because mm-hmm. So the performances will be great, and mm-hmm. just the movie in itself is going to be really good. So 91 for me, too. Okay. I'm thinking 88. I'm thinking eight. I'm th- I think it's going to dip into the eighties just because like this movie was made so fast as a quick transition doesn't follow the mm. same path as most movies. And Sam, uh, Sam Levinson known for euphoria. I had, he doesn't really done this smash hit in terms of a major motion picture. Uh, so I'm leaning towards like, I'm not going to trust him completely. And it's the first time we're seeing like Zendaya in this type of role at this level with uh, someone like a John David Washington. So I'm going 88. I, I kind of disagree with you there with the COVID production. Cause I thought the same thing. But a movie like this isn't like a, I don't know, like a Mission Impossible movie during COVID that has to like do these action sequences. Like this is just two people in a room p- performing off of each other. I don't I'm also thinking about the writing too. Like they made this movie so fast. They didn't have this like movie. It was written during the pandemic and then it was shot like right after. It's like maybe this guy, the writer just had this idea and said, bam, I want to make this great idea. But also it's just the, the quick turnaround. So I'm just, I'm 88 is like, that's a, still a spectacular movie for most Oh, yeah. yeah that, oh, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to counter on that point. Okay. Yeah, respect. Moving on. We got another trailer, another Oscar contender. We got Tom Holland in Cherry, directed by the Russo brothers. So the first trailer dropped. The movie premieres February 6, 2021 on Apple TV. The synopsis is an army medic suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder uh, becomes a serial bank robber after an addiction to drugs put him in, puts him in debt. So what are, the, what are your thoughts on the highly anticipated movie flicks? Well, first off, before we get into the trailer, I thought I, I still think the premise of this movie and the story is phenomenal. And Tom Holland proved in Devil All the Time, I think, that he's an adequate to good actor. Like, does, does, people shouldn't just count him as Spider-Man. Like, 
shouldn't, he shouldn't just be known as Spider-Man. I think he proved that. And this is just going to confirm that, I think, with this movie. But to go with this trailer, now to get to this trailer, I was a bit disappointed in this. We're less than a month away from this movie's release. And we only got a one-minute teaser trailer of him, like, getting sworn into the army, like, getting recruited into the army, which is going to be just a backdrop of the movie. It's not even going to be around the movie's story that you just mentioned. So it's post when he's after service. So it's it was disappointing for me, to be honest. I think it, was, it shouldn't be classified as a trailer, more of just a teaser. And less than a month away yeah, not to get a It was a teaser. Trailer. Yeah. And less than a month away not to get more substance to this movie and a trailer. It's disappointing. But I kind of like that. I kind of like the mystery behind it because a lot of trailers give away a, a lot of things nowadays. And you could see like, a story develop. Like you just mentioned, like uh, you, and, uh, Ma- uh, Malcolm and Marie, you guessed that he cheats on her. Like people have a lot of, they get a lot of interpretations from trailers a lot that are a lot of times true or very close to being true. It comes out in the movie. So I kind of like the mysterious aspect of this movie and what's going to happen with this serial bank robber who's addicted to drugs. Like, I kind of don't want to make predictions. I just want to see the movie. See Hell the movie. of a story. Oh, just like yeah. that synopsis gave me chills. Naz, what do you think about this upcoming movie? Well, I think, uh, I think it's a really interesting concept here. Um, PTSD is, like, very real. And, um, you know, veterans getting addicted to drugs is something that uh, it, it, it's, a, it's kind of an epidemic that that happened i think we all i think it's people saw after like vietnam and stuff where there's like a lot of homeless veterans and, and people addicted to drugs it's extremely sad to see but it's actually a reality um so seeing somebody you know it's not an actual person but it's based on it's based off of somebody that um that's been through that and plenty of people have so having that story be told i think is very is going to be very interesting um and basically approaching the mental health of um, our soldiers and, and, and people that do go into the army and have PTSD, I think it's a story that is very necessary to be told. Um, and I think they'll appreciate that, right? Because we all love and appreciate the people in the armed forces that serve for us. But at the end of the day, like when they do get back from doing that, how much are we supporting them? You know, a lot of these people are in this situation. So sorry to make it dark, but this seems like it's going to be a dark movie. For sure. Uh, so to have this story be told, I think is very is going to be very interesting. Uh, also, uh, directed by the Russo brothers, sounds sick. I think the bank robbing scenes are actually going to be pretty dope. So yeah. that that's going to be like pretty action packed. So I'm preparing for for uh, a decent amount of action in this movie. I think the bank robbing scenes are going to be pretty electric, uh, and I expect Tom Holland to do a pretty good job with this role. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. Your aspect of like talking about the themes of mental health—that's a common theme in a bunch of war movies about these resocialization, getting these soldiers back into everyday life. Mm-hmm. But just an insane twist that for this one that we've never seen in a movie, like like becoming a bank robber, a serial bank robber. Like as you said, the action scenes are going to be unreal if they're directed by the Russo brothers. I I didn't this this trailer didn't make me like super excited for the movie. I was already excited just by reading that synopsis. Like it didn't give you much, yeah. but I think the whole point of it is they're showing Tom Holland at the beginning of the, his character's journey. And then we've seen pictures that are coming out of him like pointing a gun. You see him like become this dark character, shaved head like off coming back from the military. Bad movie posters. So, it's like it's, it, I think it's just like showing like this is going to be a crazy character transformation, which is make, makes me even more excited to see Tom Holland go from the devil all the time, this dark role he had uh, in 2020, now to Cherry. So it's I, I'm just I'm pumped for it. And it's cool to see Tom Holland and Zendaya, like two of Spider-Man stars, like mm-hmm. rising at the same time. True. So yeah. That's cool. Yeah, that's true. 
All right. So last I oh, we got to do tomometer predictor. Let's bring out the tomometer predictor again. Nez, what do you think? I'm going to go with 84. I think it's going to be good, but maybe a little cheesy. And I don't know. I haven't seen the Russo brothers dive into anything with too much depth. So, um, you know, if they're going to tackle this, I think they'll do a decent job, but I don't think they'll, uh, I don't think it'll be as moving as I'm, as I want it to be. That's mm-hmm. just my Interesting. Flex. I would like to make a notion. I would like to say TBD on this. What? No, that's not allowed. It's Tom- you got to put it. You, you what? You gonna wait for another trailer? It comes out in a month. A full, a full trailer, like a one, like a Malcolm and Marie. Like this was like a minute of just him sitting in the chair. Oh my god! I can't believe you're passing on a thermometer predictor. It's a TBD. You keep, but I, I do thermometer predictors for movies I don't have trailers. Fine. Like that, that, I just fine, do it that early. Fine, you just gotta, fine. you gotta, you gotta take, you gotta take back, a stab. Fine, I take back my notion. At the moment, I, this is subject to change. 75. 75. Wow. Interesting. I don't, you think full, it's... I don't have full trust in the Russo's brothers outside of a uh, superhero movie. Mm-hmm. I like that. Uh, I was thinking the same thing. My, my mind initially went to 83% just because of your, what exactly Ricky Flick just said. Like when you think of uh, outside of Infinity War, Endgame, and like uh, Winter Soldier, like the, the you know, I think Civil War, all great movies, but all superhero related, and it's not that much character depth to those movies, right? Especially when you're doing one about Endgame and you're doing one about Infinity War, like all these characters come together. You're more about trying to piece together things. This mm-hmm. one's a very much a character piece. So I uh, I'm thinking 83. So I still think it's going to be carried by Tom Holland's performance. So, so that's what I think. All right, that does it for the checkup, folks. Uh, let's send it back to Nez for our review of Edgar Wright's Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. I am so freaking excited for this. I've waited my whole life to review this movie on my wow. podcast. The kid is giddy. I am so freaking excited. Guys, if you haven't seen Scott Pilgrim, please watch it. It's on Netflix. Um, and I don't know how long it's going to be there. It's been there for a while, but I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, this is one of Nez's favorite movies. Yes, I'm speaking in the third person. Uh, it's about Scott Pilgrim. He is a bit of a loser. He went through a really, really tough breakup. Um, and now his uh, ex-girlfriend is like a massive rock star. Uh, he got a bad haircut right before they broke up, and he hasn't gotten a haircut since. Never recovered. Uh, he literally is really struggling. He's dating a high schooler and he's 22 years old, but it's not even like they're like, they're just kind of like friends. I don't know. They're not really dating, but um, he then runs into this girl, Ramona Flowers, who is kind of an enigma. She's very mysterious. Um, she's very uh, individualistic and instantly he's absolutely hooked. He can't get enough of her and he basically tries to, to date her so hard. Screws it up. Uh, essentially the premise of this movie is, um, in order to date her, he has to defeat her seven evil exes. And by defeat, it means literally like in combat, this movie is kind of like an arcade game style. And what I would, I would say it's actually the best video game movie of all time because it's not based off a video game, but it's filmed as if it is a video game. There's like coins and little rewards and he has to go through these seven levels of defeating these ex-boyfriend. I mean, I'm sorry, these exes. So, um, it's a it's it's a great movie, but that's pretty much the premise. He has to defeat set, uh, Ramona Flowers' seven evil exes because he wants to date this girl so bad. Uh, so I'm gonna open up the floor now. How do you guys feel about this movie? What are your comments? What do you think? 
No, I think, I think this is a really cool movie. I think this is a great, unique premise. Like you said, with the video game aspects of it, like that's like I haven't really seen that before from like a non like Mario type movie, like a TV show, a TV movie, you know. And Edgar Wright, I think, did that to almost perfection here. Um, I think that Michael Sarah is the perfect character. The no no confidence, shy, mm-hmm. anxious, really just very quiet human. Mm-hmm. But then again, like he is also just not aware of his surroundings to the point where it's like he real like he's not aware of where he's at Mm -hmm. what i mean by that is like he doesn't realize like dating this high schooler isn't a problem because he's just in such like the morning period he's Mm -hmm. not aware what he's at where he's at and i think michael sarah was like a perfect character for this movie and again i just want a quick quick shout out to kieran culkin wow yeah it's me the best part in this movie was him he does it seemed like after it's like when uh, Succession was casting for that role. It seemed like they just told Kieran Culkin, "You're gonna be the same guy, just rich, like from this movie, <laughs> and you're gonna be straight instead of gay." Like they just said, "Like you're gonna be," because he he still is that like sarcastic character here. Mm-hmm. He just it literally is the same person. Yeah. Um, and I also love what I I love Michael Sarah in this role. I agree hundred percent. He I I can't imagine anyone else playing Scott Pilgrim after. Mm-hmm. Uh, watching this he's like painfully awkward but instead of like turning away from your screen you want to watch it because he makes the painful awkwardness so funny and it's like with those little quips like she geeks out like she geeks (laughs) like like the way the capacity to geek (laughs) (laughs) just like painfully like oh it's just hard to listen to him talk you're like damn this guy is funny and like uh, i think this is perfectly cast so i 100 percent agree with that and uh when we also look at the cast on paper it's all time Really it's good. crazy, crazy good. We're, we're talking about Chris Evans. We're talking about Superman with Brandon Routh. We're talking, obviously, Kieran Culkin. We're talking Brie Larson. Like, these, this is like almost a launch. Aubrey Plaza. Anna Kendrick. This is almost, this is like a, a launch pad for a lot of their careers. Like, they went on to very successful careers. It's almost like, uh, was it Freaks and Geeks was the show yeah. that kind of launched all those. It kind of like yeah, had that really aspect good. to it. I'm watching it. Franco. So, yeah. And it's great to watch like Captain America play this role, and like then Lucas. you see him a couple oh years God. later. This came, this uh, Captain America came out a year later, like the, from after this movie, which is right. kind of what Chris Chris Evans is so good in this movie. Yes, I agree. He's, mm-hmm. he's so good in this movie. I, I he's hilarious. He's hilarious, and it's actually kind of funny because he ends up being this big action star. Uh, and I don't know. I think I think it's I think it's great. What's you the think line you really stand a chance against an A-lister, bro? Yeah, yes. And then he he fights his um doubles. Looks like you're seeing doubles. Double. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! It's I even get him in the wide shots. <laughs> yeah, yes. And like he's about to punch him, and the guy like after he like hits like Scott Pilgrim, the guy comes over from the crew and like 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 squirts the cleanser on his hand. Right. Then he goes to keep like beating him up. It's like it like he I, I watched actually a table read during the summer because that was very popular during the pandemic. I wa- it was great to watch those characters come back, those actors come back to play those roles again. Mm-hmm. And like just like the big stars they've all become and they still have a passion for this movie for a reason. It was so unique. They probably never made a movie or that in this style, in this manner. So, and Edgar Wright was there. I was very worthy of having a table read, especially because it is like that cult classic status that Nez was talking about before. Yeah, absolutely. And another good thing, another thing that I, uh, I say about this movie is that um, it's, 
you know, I say it's a video game movie, but also it's kind of a music movie. There's like a battle of the bands, a lot of custom music for this movie. Uh, and the score in this movie is, is amazing. Uh, Edgar Wright, he does an amazing job um, putting together a score to the movie. And, and, you know, he directed Baby Driver, and that's basically like a massive giant – it's like a giant move, uh, music video. Uh, he's personally my favorite director because I love, I love music. I love movies that incorporate good music and it also really flows with the movie. Baby Driver is a great example of it where they're shooting to the beat. And this one, uh, the visual directing also is amazing. All the transitions are insane. Like somebody will, you know, Knives and, and Scott will be walking down the street and, or will be in goodwill and they'll be talking to each other and, the, and they'll be like in the same position. The camera will pan to Knives. She'll say something in goodwill and then it'll pan back to scott in the same position except they're walking down the street and they're just continuing their conversation in goodwill but on the street logistically it doesn't make sense but in a movie fashion it just con it's just constantly moving it's going it's going it's going and if you have like a short attention span you can't watch movies like this is the movie for you because it's just constantly on the move and it's it's basically yeah. just like it's always flowing and before you know it like it's over and it's like wow that it, that kind of flew by but I, but Edgar Wright does a great job doing that. When I was making notes on the movie, I said this movie is ADD. This yeah. movie has ADD. It's like the it's like it has that quick pace that you're talking about, those quick pants to different like locations but the same characters. Uh and it's just like the randomness of this movie makes it so unique too. Like out of nowhere, they'll jump into like sitcom style where it's like they add in right. the laugh track. They end in like the applaudience when he walks into a room, but then they'll go back to like a regular setting. And then yeah. they'll just have like, like the almost like a cartoon graphic novel style. Like when uh, Scott Pilgrim, Pilgrim is speaking, he's got like the word bubble coming out. Then they actually go to the animation of the characters. It's just a crazy chaotic style that really does work in my opinion um but the only thing i would say i felt this movie takes the presence of this movie is the style of it and like all these different edits and graphics that are going in rather than the actual story so that's where i would criticize it mostly because like it is like a love story and all, i almost feel like that takes precedence over the relationship between scott and ramona yeah it's really interesting because like there's a lot there's some unnecessary stuff this year but it's only uh, i mean not this year there's some unnecessary stuff in this movie but it all is trying to contribute to the to the stylistic storytelling going on. Like when he goes in the bathroom and it's just like P bar and it like mm -hmm. and it goes down and right. And like the like, ratings on the side when you get introduced to a new character, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. The Mortal well, Kombat that's, style. That's cool. yeah, but yeah, the yeah. um but when what I mean when it when it comes to that is like basically the P bar thing, like there's they're not trying to show you that, you know, he has a p meter or anything like that what it really does and if you notice is it's transitioning the scene he goes into the bathroom in his house in the p bar whatever he closes the door he 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 pees he opens the door and he's in that locker room hallway with ramona flowers skating by him and and boom scene scene change like like that like it just happens so it's like was it necessary to show the p bar no but the reason why he did it is so that he could do that stylistic change so he could keep this movie going and kind of keep the audience on their toes. And that's what I really love about this movie is just the fact that you're always on your toes. It's going from one thing to the next. It's, it's just – it's a fun movie that mm -hmm. tells a funny – also, this movie's hilarious. Yeah, we're leaving that out. It's very funny. When I first watched this and, and the first battle comes and the guy's like, if you want to fight me – Oh, I actually hated that. Joke. I was going to say, I did 
that day. Not like that part that's with that, with Nats Patel. Well, well, so the thing, I'm like, all right, this is going to be like a relatively serious movie. And then it's just like turns into that. And like everybody's – like Anna Kendrick in that scene is everybody's reaction where she's just like, what? Like <laughs> you're just like, what is going on? And this guy's <laughs> just like dancing around. <laughs> and you're just like, what, what is going on? What is this movie? Like if you're, take, if you're taking that scene seriously, it's, it's, it's a mistake. Because it's supposed to be funny. Like, that seems right. to be like, what the hell is going on? Like, is this going to be this whole movie? Which it's not. I don't know. Um, but another good thing is each each evil ex has their own little story um, or their own kind of thing going on with them. Um, one of my personal favorites is the battle with the bassist from Clash at Demon Head. Um, that's also Superman. What's, what's Brandon Rouse. Yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, that's a great one, and then he they de-veganize him <laughs> when they're like when they're like we have you uh, eating gelato on March twenty fifth, <laughs> and he's like gelato isn't vegan, it's milk and eggs, bitch. <laughs> and it's yeah. chicken's not vegan. Didn't you know Scott's vegan? Yeah. <laughs> and it gives him mystical powers. Yeah, <laughs> that that was that, that was like the laugh out loud funny moment where I, I was dying. You know, I I I've looked at seen up on YouTube even after watching the movie just if i want to laugh uh i think brandon routh plays it perfectly he's like him and yeah. it's just like him and he's like the smoother of like him and chris evans character they're kind of similar he almost has like that dragon ball z aspect to him with his hair flying up and mm-hmm. it seemed like that was inspired by it flip what were you gonna say no like i think that was a good aspect of it too because i honestly like throughout this movie I, another critique is that the first like up until that first fight and even, like, after the first fight, like, I guess up until after the Chris Evans fight, I guess up to uh, where the girl gets introduced, the girl ex gets introduced to Michael Sarah in the street, and mm-hmm. he says, like, oh, it's not the time. That's where I'm, like, at that time, I was like, oh, my excitement and energy and curiosity around this movie is kind of wearing off. It's, like, kind of getting redundant with all the exes and, like, all the fighting and, and this whole universe that's getting thrown at me. And, I don't know, it was just getting old a bit for me, but that fight... I think brought it back a little bit and I brought out another funny aspect of it and like of the movie, just laugh out loud, funny and just like, it's stupid, but you, like you said, Nez, you can't take it like seriously. You have to take the universe as it is in the style. And if you did, I think you really enjoyed this movie, but I, I, but I, to round out what I said, I do think my energy and excitement started up to like up, up top and then just had a decline the entire movie. It never it, it, when when I'm climbing the movie, you should be going up. I think that your excitement uh, yeah. was like it was like up and then down, actually. Yeah, I can't I can't help but disagree, but that's just because I love this movie so much. Also, Brie Larson is um, is amazing uh, as Envy Adams. The, and the only issue I have is that you know she she is like this mystical, mysterious figure because he's she, you know her like his devastating breakup ex who turned into this rock star. Um, but she's so great being like this, like, like very sassy, mean ex-girlfriend who's just like not very nice. And she's just like, your hair's getting shaggy. Like, I don't know. She's like, so she's so good in this movie at just being like, like very uptight and thinks she's better than everyone. And I think it does a lot for the movie. My, but like, like I said, I, I think my criticism is that she kind of shows up and she's there and they have that big scene and then she kind of just disappears. Yeah. But at that point she's yes. kind of served her purpose because at the end of the day, the movie's about Scott and Ramona and it's not about NV Adams. So it, but it's the about NBA, 
Go ahead, go ahead first. But it's about like the overcome of that breakup because he's still in that mourning period. So like for her just right. to get out of the movie right after the scene with the vegan pe- superpower people, it's like that doesn't make sense because it's, it's all about her. Him, he, he has to like have that confrontation with her or that sense of realization that like I'm done with you before he moves on to Ramona. And there's never that in this movie. Right. Like if right. you want to do it um, at that scene with the vegan superpowers, he, they could have, but they yeah. didn't. Yeah. No, you're right, but I think him, him, you know, falling in love with Ramona was basically him kind of moving on, getting over it, right? Like, of course, that's how he got past it. Yeah, of course. I just like that confrontation. You kind of have to have that, that like sense of mm-hmm. like conclusion to that part of the story, which you Cir- didn't get. Circling back to a couple uh, laugh out loud funny moments for me um, before we, I think, go around and do scores or last comments or anything. Uh, I want to say the. Um, in the final scene when he's going to that, that like club or whatever the heck it is. And they're just like, what's the password? And he's just like, whatever. And then they're like, all right, you're <laughs> that in. Was really and, good. and then he goes, what? And then they go to the another one. They're like, what's the other password? And he just like shrugs. Like, all right. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> it's so, it's so funny. It's so funny. That was perfect. Edgar Wright. I honestly like he's, he's so good at just like, so unique, that, man. Like, yeah. And, and he last he, night in Soho, he's so unique. So funny. Uh, I think he's incredibly talented. I, I love everything that he puts out. I think it's incredible, incredibly done. Um, but yeah, any final comments here before we go ahead and move on to scores? I just wanted to talk about Edgar Wright for a sec. He, so I'm reading this book on Scorsese and what a lot of filmmakers have like copied or like replicated from Scorsese or borrowed like a strategy. It's that rather than filming and then choosing a song, you let the music guide a scene and i think that happens in this movie non-stop mm-hmm. that's like the end you talk about baby driver this is edgar wright's style like he has a, a song in mind before the scene even happens and i think it makes those scenes even more electric and it makes the, the soundtrack is so good and and like like even like talking about the music overall in this movie we talked about it off recording i believe but the in- intro credits mm-hmm. right where you had like that's the that that electrifying opening that down and down and down and like everything's popping up and like as I said this movie has like that ADD aspect yeah. it's it's flipping screens and everything you're like yeah. wow like that intro for the movie was incredible and it, mm-hmm. it really says like okay you're in for a joyride when you watch it so yeah I really enjoy that aspect and I think it's what makes Edgar Wright so good is the music yeah, yeah it's, I, it's his he applies music very well yeah and I'm looking forward to last night in Soho coming up later this year hopefully with yes. uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, and that's like a 60s London movie. Hmm. And like like a lot of good music was coming out then. So mm-hmm. I'll be interested to see, even though that one's more of a like a mystery type. It's got like a thriller aspect to yeah, it. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see what he does with the music in that movie. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not really sure where he can go with that, except the actual music, which is unbelievable during that time period in England, British Revolution. You know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess it's uh, it's time to uh, do scores. Uh, I'll start with Doctor O. Okay. So I, I'm gonna base. I love the music aspect, obviously. Uh, I love Michael Sarah, and I love the cameos by all these characters. As I said, the main detractor for me is the flare and the flash, like the great editing and the great music and the great uh, like animatron like animation that's going into this movie. But it's takes precedent over the actual story and the love story that's going on. So I'm going to go 76, 76 out of a hundred. Dr. O and me were chatting before this pod and I've now seen this movie three times. Mm-hmm. And 
the first time I watched it, I did not like it as much as I like it now. I think mm-hmm. I had grown an appreciation for it over the next two times I've watched it. And I think it gets mm-hmm. better every time. But I still, every time I watch it, I can't get over the effect that I mentioned earlier that the excitement energy I have in that first hour compared to the second hour is just mm-hmm. not there. It just like, I just don't have, it. I kind of just think it, like, I love the universe, but it kind of wore on me. I love the ratings and the profiles they have. Like, uh, mm-hmm. like the lead singer, he's like the talent, like yeah. <laughs> 7.5 out of 10 rating. Like that stuff, like I love that things. And like the music, like you mentioned, but again, just, like I said, it had a it had a rise, but then it had a fall before the climax even happened. That was a letdown for me. But I'm going higher than Doctor O. I'm going eighty. I think it's flat eighty for me. All right, solid. Yeah, I, I, actually, a fun fact uh, for you guys is when I first saw this movie, it was about seven years ago or something, and I didn't really like it. I was just taking it a little bit too seriously, and that's why I say not to because I was just like, "What is this? This is corny," but like it's meant to be. You know, it's it's actually supposed to be kind of funny instead of like being taken seriously. Um, and on my like second watch and then my third watch, I probably watched it like 10 times now. But, um, you know, that's when I really started to appreciate it and also notice different things. Right. When they label these different things and they do these different stylistic things, it's very easy to miss on a lot of that stuff. So. So, um, you know, as I watched it more and more over time, I've grown to appreciate it. Uh, and it's like one of my favorite movies. Like, I love this movie. Uh, so that being said, I'm going to give it a solid 90 um, on the Nez scale because I love music. I love music movies, great music scenes. I love stylistic directing. I love Edgar Wright, uh, Michael Sarah. Like, I mean, the cast to this is just an, an incredible cast. Great cast. The story is <laughs> a great story. It's very unique. And uh, the way that it's pulled off is excellent, in my opinion. So uh, a solid 90 from Nez for Scott Pilgrim versus the world. I like that variation. We got some good score diversity there. Yeah. We, we don't always do. We, we're usually within about five points of each other, but I like that we're, uh, in, that you guys are wrong. So <laughs> you, you, don't, you don't like this. Thing. We have score diversity. You just like that we're wrong about the movie. That's a, there's a difference there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That concludes our review of scott pilgrim versus the world i recommend you guys go see it it's on netflix now i'm going to throw it over to ricky flicks for top billing i was born ready thanks nez all right inspired by scott pilgrim today's top billing is music movie moments okay this will be a snake draft each of us has three picks just us, no mayo this time, no guest. Doctor O, me, and Nez. Okay, so this could be a scene from, a mo- like from a movie that's dancing, a montage, just anything that the music has enhanced the scene. So very broad category here. Okay, and once the movie is picked, it is off the board, no repeats allowed, and there's no doubling up on up on a movie if for yourself as well. So you cannot draft two moments in your top billing that are in the same movie. Okay. So, for example, if I picked a scene from Scott Pilgrim, not only can either of you pick a scene from that movie, but I also cannot take a scene from that movie. Now, before I go on and list off the order, do you have any questions? I think I got it. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm all right. Okay. Let's do this, boys. So, we have predetermined the draft order in advance. The first pick goes to myself, back-to-back weeks. Then the second pick is Nez. Uh, yes. And then the third pick is Dr. Rowe. With that said, I'll go with the first pick. I do not, for the record, I do not like having the first pick in this draft. 
I think there's so many movie, uh, moments that you could pick from. I don't think there's a clear number one, so it's not an easy pick. I could take a lot of flat for whatever I take, but I'll just take whatever the one that is my personal favorite. Okay, and that's in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Twist and Shout. I think that scene really just shows what music does in a movie. I think that just encapsulates the movie itself, shows how powerful it can be. And also just Matthew Broderick absolutely just murdering that scene. Mm -hmm. So number one pick for me, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Such a fun scene. Like, such a fun scene. Like, when you see, like, the downtown Chicago going bananas, and, like, when the last, like, twist and shout kicks in, and everybody's throwing their hands in the air, it's just like, dang. I wish I could travel that moment in a movie. It would be that moment. Be a so, part of that. Yeah. Like, just being, like, next to those guys dancing and jiving. Like, I was yes. like, that was just, it was like, that, it was like, what a, in cast, in, in encapsulates encapsulates like exactly what the movie was going for and like this kid mm-hmm. and like this fun the fun of this movie so i think it's Taking a great first sick. overall exploring the city love it i wish i wish i could take over a parade in chicago like watching that i was like Man, dang yes. i want to do this i want to be this awesome but that's that whole movie you just want to be as cool as ferris bueller and i never will attain that mm-hmm. level of he rocks that sweater vest too impressive because that thing yeah. isn't very good looking but he yeah. rocks it I think I think you had a tough pick with the first overall just because of what we Thank said, you. the variety and the different types. So it's like – and you're getting judged off that first pick. So I think that I was am. a good first pick. Yeah, okay, uh, good. It's sure. my personal favorite, so I just went with my heart. Yeah. But yeah, all right, no, good pick. off to Nez, your first pick. All right, this one's a very strategic pick because I know the Olekna brothers have this on their big board. I know what you're about to do. And this – is going to be my first pick is going to be staying alive from Saturday night. Uh, Unbelievable. Great. Absolutely crushing it on the dance floor. I mean the hips, the 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 footwork, the the finger guns the guy is absolutely crushing it he's an animal on the dance floor he cannot oh, the handcuffs he cannot be stopped he's absolutely on fire i can't believe he didn't spontaneously combust with how he was crushing those moves yes. my man mm-hmm. that's an iconic dance scene it's incredible and it, it's never to be replicated nobody will ever crush a dance scene in a movie better than that so I have a question. So there's two different parts, like the staying alive with the actual song staying alive. That's like the opening scene. He's walking. Oh, I'm sorry. But yeah. you're talking like the you should be dancing. You should like be when dancing. He, yeah. But he's light, he's literally lighting up the floor. Absolute assassin, yes. right yes. on the that's dance floor. Takes takes take, takes zero prisoners. I did a blog on the top five dancings of all time. That was a no doubter. Number one landslide oh, yeah. victory. Great pick. I try and replicate that when I used to go out pre-pandemic, but I used to just look like a sloppy mess. But also the club. Like the da- the floor, the floorboard, the lights, all the like rainbow lights going off, like seventy oh, yeah. vibes, like that also just made it even better. It went with the music, just wow. And then imagine, like the yeah, go ahead. Imagine being so good at dancing that the entire club clears out the entire dance floor. Yeah, he's you going to, off again, maybe. Crush it! It's like oh man, He's Johnny's buzzing again. 
Let's see it. Like, yeah, it's like <laughs> Johnny T, like, baby. He, that's that's him. Like, remember Soul when people like play the piano or 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 do whatever they do to like, mm-hmm. you know, their soul leaves their body and it goes into a different realm. Travolta's in a mm-hmm. different realm right there. I mean, hundred percent. His body and the music just takes control. Right, and like his buddies are whispering, like, "Oh, here goes Tony. Here goes Tony again." Like, like they yeah. know, like it's coming in. Like, and it may not happen every night. Maybe it will be like every other week or once a month. But when he pops off, he pops off. Oh, so, yeah. Tony, the king, the goat dancer, Travolta, goat dancer. Oh yeah, yeah. All right, great pick. We're off to a hot start, boys. Doctor Rowe, mm-hmm. you get the third and fourth picks of this draft. Here you go. I have an interesting first pick, and I want this in the first round. Um, I'm going to go with the battle rap scene in 8 Mile. Yeah, so B-Rabbit taking down... uh, uh, from the Papa Doc. Not my big board, but that's good. Yeah, yeah, I thought there was some creativity there, and then like I just like it's one of my favorite gifts, one of my favorite gifts of all time, and it's like the moment where it's like everybody from the three one three, and like their hands are just going this at the same time, they're yeah. banging it, like it literally is on, it's in sync, and it's like it's such a that's such tight knit like close zone, everybody just going crazy, and uh, it's just one of the most rewatchable YouTube scenes of all time. Um, I thought it was just it yeah. wasn't a it's like a rap battle so it's not like a traditional scene where it's a soundtrack picked up from something and then the, the eminem just him getting in the zone staring down papa doc looking like i'm about to murder you your what you your rap career is over after this and like it's just electrifying yeah yeah, yeah. This guy's a gangster he went to a private school also definitely not a covid safe environment that they had there that, absolutely that, not that room is absolutely packed absolutely mm-hmm. packed that's a great pick I, I i like i said i didn't have it on my big board uh, and I completely forgot about it. I was going to take it one. on the snake back to me. It was my number three yeah. on the big board. Oh, well, that's a great pick, Dr. O. Your second pick. All right. I got to go with uh, a move. I got some, I think I got some sleepers I can get later. But I'm going to go with one that's definitely not going to make it its way back to me, I don't think. I'm going Chris Pratt, Guardians of the Galaxy opening scene. Uh, come and get your love introduction to the guardians of the galaxy these low uh these little known marvel characters that introduce like what the guardians of the galaxy were all about what was star Wars all about you know it's gonna be a fire soundtrack from there and you get arguably the best song in the first one him dancing grabbing the rat spinning around like screaming like hey hey it's it's perfect and like it's just it was like also seeing that transformation that chris pratt was making from being this fat slob and all of a sudden he is this superhero this guy who's grooving who's just like supposed to be this dynamite dancer maybe not the best dancer but the most fun dancer right (laughs) he's up there so i'm gonna say uh Come and get your love, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, him like kicking the rats too, like to the beat of the music. Like that was a great scene. Like that just set the tone as a this Marvel movie is going to be different. Like this is going to be focusing on not only the music, but these characters are going to be wacky and weird, and it's going to be an enjoyable ride. So get ready to hop along with us, James Gunn. Unbelievable intro. Yeah, mm-hmm. great, great way to set the tone for the movie. I agree. All right, Nez, your second pick. 
All right. My second pick was also a pretty easy one for me. Uh, I, like, I guess I just love dance scenes because mine is going to be the vote for Pedro, Napoleon Dynamite, where he dances uh, to that disco song. What is it? Oh, my God. I know it. It's on my iPod. You know this boogie is for real. Oh my god. <laughs> that is so iconic and just comes out of absolutely nowhere in this movie. We are not expecting this awkward guy to just crush a dance thing in honor of his friend Pedro, who's running for class president. I mean, absolutely iconic, iconic dance scene, only to be topped by Travolta. Napoleon Dynamite. That's my pick. Great, great pick. I had that. Uh, I, I mentioned my blog earlier on the top five dance scenes. I actually put that number two because it's like the randomness of that movie, kind of similar to Scott Pilgrim, mm-hmm. but obviously not on the same level in terms of like all the animation, and everything. When he pops on the stage and you hear that song, and all of a sudden his hands go in a wave and he starts yes. going in a circle, you're just like, oh my gosh, are we going to see something crazy here? Yes, and he I, delivered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, delivered it. Yeah, can't can't say any more about that. That was a good pick. But all right, goes to me. I get two picks here. Now, this second pick is number two on my big board. And again, it's a personal personal pick for me. When I was a kid and saw this movie for the first time, I, this one really got to me. And I was just jiving along, uh, seeing this movie the first time, just mesmerized, thinking, wow, this is the best movie I've ever seen. And this just confirms this, this scene. And it's Back to the Future, Johnny B. Good, Marty McFly. This scene just I think you always were getting this tease of Marty McFly like being like a cool kid like now he's back in the 50s trying to like piece together like trying to simulate with the other his parents and the, their their high school uh, colleagues whatever you want to say and this movie is just like you know what I am different and I'm gonna show like my difference here I'm gonna show like this is what the 80s like can do to you and it just shows how cool he is and everyone's going along with the music and just the principal's so upset with it this one just as a kid watching this for the first time, like I said, it just it caught my eye, like nothing else besides Ferris Bueller, really. So mm-hmm. be, that's my second pick. Yeah, it was on my board, man. And uh, him shredding the guitar, the it's 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 great. And like yeah. him with the red guitar, it's just it's iconic. Ricky yeah. flicks heavy on the Back to the Future top billing picks lately. True. Yes. That's yes. the second one. Hoverboards and Marty McFly and Johnny B. Good. Yeah. Hoverboards. I would love that as a gift. But moving on. <laughs> but moving on. My third pick. I think this now we're getting into like I think there's still a lot on this board on the board, obviously. But I'm personally now I've had my top two and rat and eight miles in that same upper tier for myself. But now I'm kinda like, oh no, I can go a lot of different places here. Mm-hmm. And similar to what I said to Dr. Rowe about Guardians and what a great intro to the movie and just setting the tone, Wayne's World, Bohemian Rhapsody did that. Nice.
that movie catapulted that song back to being number one on the charts again. Like, if you do that in a mm-hmm. movie, like, that just, like, shows how much that scene is and how everyone loves that scene. And I think that also, same thing with Guardians, that just said, all right, these people from uh, SNL, uh, Mike Myers and Garth, like, they, they, this is going to be a great movie to watch. And you're going to laugh out loud. You're going to enjoy this movie. And that really scene was the best scene in the movie. And it's the first scene. Like, it's just, oh, for a, just such a classic movie. So, Wayne's World, Bohemian Rhapsody. Excellent pick. Excellent pick. Great song from a really funny movie. An absolute, that's a cult classic. That's like a Scott Pilgrim. That's a cult, cult, cult classic for sure. Because the Bohemian Rhapsody is such a weird song because like it wasn't a smash hit right when it came out. And then right. it, like after a couple of years, like we know for Bohemian Rhapsody, the movie skyrockets. And then Wayne's World skyrockets. Then Bohemian Rhapsody comes out in 2018 skyrockets. Like it's yes. just a weird path for that song. And it's just shows it shows its cultural impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nez. Unfortunately, I had that movie killed for me in college by a couple of our friends that played it every time we hung out on the weekends. Brutal. Absolutely Brutal. decimated it. But I do, mm-hmm. I do. It is good for the for the listen every once in a while. All right. So Nez, my third pick is going to be the Boombox Serenade from Say Anything. Wow, you're doing that. Classic. Oh, we got, a, we got a romantic on our hands. Oh, wow. my God. It's iconic. It's iconic. He's holding, the, he's holding the speaker over his head playing that romantic song, trying to win that girl back. I mean, that is, uh, that, that's really putting yourself out there. But also, more than anything, it's iconic. It gets mentioned in other movies now. It gets, it gets parodied. And that's I guess, could tie to, um, to the Saturday Night Fever thing because that gets parodied all the time now, too. Uh, but that's just no, that you know, just know how much of an influence you've had when you've done that. I mean, that like changed the game for dudes in the eighties. I bet. How many people do you think tried that after it did that and failed <laughs> after that happened in the movie? Probably a lot, Everybody. probably a lot. Uh, but it's absolutely iconic. I have to say he's holding this, he's holding the boom box over his head. He's trying to win her back and he's trying, he's, he's just, he's, he's so in love. That's my pick. I'm sticking to it. Romantic. I like it. <laughs> yeah, can't say anything else. Like, I personally think that movie is overrated, but that scene's iconic. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not. Dead- yeah, it's not the movie; it's the moment. Then, like Deadpool reenacting it was funny too. That was great. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. with the mini phone, and he's just like holding it, trying to get Colossus <laughs> yeah. to it's come out. Those, it's one of those things that, even if you haven't seen the movie, you know what it is and where it's from and how iconic that is, and like the meaning behind it. So, mm-hmm. that, good pick. But Doctor O, to you, your third and fourth picks of this draft. All right, I'm going to go Reservoir Dogs, Michael Madsen, stuck in the middle with you. I think that is – so that's like the example I was talking about with Scorsese and Edgar Wright. They use a song to kind of shape a scene. And you, like it's such – it's so 
messed up what Michael Madsen is doing, right? And carving up that dude. So it's like you have that song, it almost like lightens it up a little bit at the same yeah. time. You're having fun as this guy is torturing, right? The man in the chair, the cop, right? So yeah. it's just, I, 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 I think that's just, it's a now synonymous with Tarantino, I think. It's even though like he might have had bigger hits because Reservoir Dogs, the first movie he really directs. And this is like kind of what encapsulates his career. Second time to use that word, not a big deal. Yeah, the opposite of Edgar Wright, where the uh, music does not match the vibe at all, but that's the directing. Like, they're trying to make it, like, they're trying to make you unsettled, right? It's such an unsettling, disgusting, crazy scene. And it's just, like, this nice little, like, stuck in the middle with you. Like, it's it's very unsettling to have that, like, peaceful, like, fun music in the background while some dude's ear is literally getting cut off. Yeah, some people just don't like to watch that movie just because of that one scene. But then other people are like, mm-hmm. I have to watch this movie or maybe just this one scene. It depends on like, mm-hmm. oh, you want to see this torturous, like crazy lunatic. Or it's just mm-hmm. like, oh, wow. Like, every time I listen to this song, I think of Reservoir Dogs. And honestly, right. I personally. It has that that recognition, that song ID you put right. to it, like right after you hear yes. it. But it's also what's so impactful about that scene is that they don't really show him getting cut up. They just show the mm-hmm. song, him dancing like a sadistic person. Mm-hmm. And then like they don't actually show him carving him up, right? It's just mm-hmm. you know what's going on. And like he almost makes it hard to watch, but you don't see him getting like sliced. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Uh, and that's just the magic of cinema, baby. That's showbiz, baby. That's a good pick. <laughs> my big board for sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. I actually just – I was looking at my big board. And right before you picked Dr. O, I was like, oh, I should probably put Stuck in the Middle with you up into another tier. <laughs> and then you picked it right away. I was like, oh, I'll just delete this from my big board. <laughs> but all right, Doc, uh, Dr. O, your fourth pick. So I got one that is controversial. Not everyone likes this scene. Pretty polarizing on Twitter. Oh, wow. I'm going with a recent one. I'm going the Joker staircase scene from mm-hmm. Joker. with Gary Glitter. So people don't like that song choice. They don't think it necessarily matches the movie, but we cannot deny the absolute stellar performance Joaquin puts on. It was a low-key fire dancer. Incredible dancer. Uh, And that moment of the movie, when that song starts to play, he enters the elevator where it's like, dun, dun, dun. You you feel like, wow, we are about to see the transformation. Joker is about to like full on take that, take that character into his own and cause mayhem in Gotham. And the smoothness going down the stairs, the cigarette, which he throws and somehow has it later in the scene, which is obviously a flaw in the movie. But um, But just seeing him get get lost in the dance there. And like, I think that is the moment people think of like along with his sit down interview with uh murray uh (laughs) where people were most uh that is like in cast i'm not gonna say it again but (laughs) the role is like walking like gets that oscar like he like that is the moment his moment yeah i'm gonna go joker yeah yeah that dance scene i i like that scene i think it makes sense as you know him he's fully becoming the joker he's it's he's completed the cycle he's like almost free of of being so like intimidated by everybody and then he just lets it out and it's just like this high energy song and he just lets it out and he mm-hmm. is who he is uh and, and I, I i don't know why people pick the, that scene apart i think it's very good and it kind of uh matches the energy that he is that the actual character is feeling 
at the moment. So yeah, so like a problem. People always say like it didn't match the tone, where it's like a dark and gritty movie. Then all of a sudden you have like a Gary Glitter song, like mm-hmm. as like a jock jam. But I thought it was like the exact moment where it's like, oh my god, like he is finally here. Like we've been building up for this moment mm-hmm. where you're gonna get this zany character as the Joker, him going all out, and we got it with that song. But also people don't like the song because obviously Gary Glitter doesn't have the best reputation. He went to jail. Uh, he went to jail, I think, for child pornography yes. or something like that. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, that's why people are kind of judging it hard. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, good pick. I think a little controversial, but I think that's I think on this podcast at least that it worked. The scene worked. So good pick. Um, Nez, your fourth. All right. I can't believe this hasn't been picked yet. This is an absolute travesty that it hasn't been picked, but I'm going with it. Dirty dancing. No. Had the time of my life. I mean, it's it's so iconic. The lift. It's been recreated at weddings, bar mitzvahs. Everything. Eli Manning and Odell. Eli Manning commercials. Yeah, I mean, it, it's iconic. Everybody knows that song. And when you listen to that song, you cannot help but think of that scene. That's my pick from Dirt Dancing, the dance scene. Bing bong. That's a great pick, man. I, I love that song. I remember when, like my ex-girlfriend, we would like practice doing the move to try and get it. But she, unfortunately she didn't weigh less than 90 pounds. So I could never pull it off, but like the move is the move. It just, it's, it's, it's the song that's synonymous, but you also get the dance move that's synonymous. That's like pretty rare. So it's a great pick. Oh yeah. Big time. That, that, that's, it's iconic. And, and Patrick Swayze in that scene, like when he goes down on his knees in the middle of the crowd in the, like, the, oh, yeah. in the passageway, and he's just like moving his arms, like, come on, everyone drive with me here. Yeah. Let's move. Let's move. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. It's Love Swayze. It's yeah. a vibe. Yeah, vibe. But all right. So now we're near the end of the draft here. It's my fourth pick, and I also get uh, snake it to the fifth. With my fourth, I'm going to go with Wedding Crashers Shout. <laughs> You know you make me wanna shout, kick my heels up and shout, throw my hands up and shout, throw my head back and shout, come on now, don't forget to say you will, don't forget to say yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, great montage song. Maybe the best montage of all time. Mm. Yes, uh, that's what I was going to say. The montage is incredible. Like, I'm at, uh, crashing weddings and it works and you're just, you're feeling the energy they're giving off to you. Like, it's, I know it's the beginning of the movie. But that also, like, set the tone for the rest of the movie. And you know who these people are. These people are the life of the party. They are hooking up with these uh, gorgeous women. Like, they are just – everyone wants to be around them. And you're just in envy and awe of these two two guys just living their best lives. And that song, Shout, like, unbelievable song. So that's my fourth pick. Interesting because – Shout, obviously, great song, great montage song in that movie. But is it more known for, uh, obviously, Animal House, right? True. It's like it's like it's also like you're gonna compare. Okay, I, like Wedding Crashers. Personally, it's like top two favorite comedy of all time. Like I I, I adore that movie. Almost the most rewatchable movie I think I can name. So uh, comedy, it's just also exactly. you got that competition for the song. That's the only controversial part of the pick. Yeah, true. Controversial. 
Very controversial. <laughs> but all right, so <laughs> my fifth pick starting out with the last round. This last round is where this separates each each of us here. You go try to get the best value in this last mm-hmm. round. Mm-hmm. And I honestly am not going to do that. I'm going to just go personal. What I think, what I said earlier in the intro of this top billing is what music has enhanced a scene or maybe a movie. And I'm going the Jaws music from Jaws. Ooh, that crossed my mind. It's. I think that is besides a couple others that I don't. I won't want to tease other picks. I think that one is probably the best uh, music that's encapsulated. Encaps- or uh, I don't want to use that word because Doctor Oz uses <laughs> twice or but, three uh, times. Jesus, that has enhanced a villain in a movie. Score is. It's a score, right? It's always considered yeah. a score. Yeah, it's considered a score. But like, I, I'm speaking strictly about villains. Like, I think that's the best one that's ever been done. Now, it might be the best score of all time, but I'm just talking about villains. That that is probably the best. I'd have a few others. I don't want to say in case you guys have them, but mm-hmm. Jaws is just the character itself. The shark is everyone thinks about it every time they go to the beach. Like Jaws. I like the diversity in your list right now, man. I like that. I like the score. I didn't really think of something like that. Very creative. I like it. Thank you. Compliments. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Is it? It's my turn now, right? Yep. I your last pick. Track of the snake draft. Okay, so my don't last. Pick, I mean, I. I got so many here. I got so many. I don't really know what I'm going to pick. But I think I'm going to go with Let's Get It Started in Here from Hot Tub Time Machine. And the bass keeps running, running, and 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 in this context, there's no disrespect. So when I bust my rhyme, you break your neck. We got five minutes for us to disconnect from all intellect and let the rhythm affect. We lose our inhibition, follow your intuition, free your inner soul and break away from tradition. Cause when we be out, girl, let's pull it, we You wouldn't believe how we Wow. Shit out. <laughs> Bold pick. So that, that, I mean, that scene is awesome. And when you just think about the context of the scene where they go back and travel to the 1980s and they play the black eyed peas for these people and they just have no <laughs> idea what's going on. I mean, I think it's absolutely electric. I think the, the performance is incredible. And I think that uh, like the context in which the performance is done is amazing. I think it's hilarious when they're, when they're doing it. Also the song is an absolute bop. It's one of my favorites. I still listen to old black eyed peas all the time. So uh, that's my pick. Terrible Super Bowl performance, though. Yeah, not great. Not the <laughs> worst one I've ever seen, I think. No, no. There's been yeah. some bad ones. What's worse than that one? The Who. The Who. The Who. I think Black Eyed Peas. We both said The Who at the same time. Yeah, I think. Oh, and I think Coldplay. That's... Coldplay. They were. He, Coldplay is better than those two, though. Coldplay got saved by Beyonce. That's all I gotta say about that. True. But all right, you get the weekend this year. Yeah. Yeah. They're starting to roll out the commercials now. Yeah. But all right. Mm. All right, interesting pick. Very bold. That is a bold pick. Hot the uh, time exchange. Just yeah. you, maybe not won't get the same name recognition as a bunch of these other ones, but you got the black eyed peas recognition. That can score you some mm. points for show. Oh yeah. But all right, Dr. Rowe, your final pick and Mr. Irrelevant. So I'm gonna go with something creative here. I'm going to go with a hundred black coffins, Django Unchained wow. by Quentin Tarantino. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> 
hundred black chalkers for a hundred bad me and a hundred black grapes so I can lay they ass in. I need a hundred black preachers with a black sermon to tell from a hundred black Bibles. Why we send them all to hell? I need a hundred black I didn't even think about that. So I was nervous that Nez might pick this one. So we're talking about a song that enhances a movie. When uh, Django is with Calvin Candy, he's ripping the dude off the horse. He's saying, I'm, and then you have Walton Goggins saying, well, I'm going to walk into the moonlight with you. I'm going to love walking the moonlight with you. And then the song drops. And then you have like a badass Django. Oh. Right. And then you have like Rick Ross who like oozes swag from his voice. And yes. like you have Django as a character oozing swag. And you have him surrounded by all these like Southerners, obviously, going to a slave plantation. And he's just like, no, I'm, I'm going into war right now. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it's, you, it just gets you pumped up for like yes. that last, that second half of the movie. And then it's also you have it during like post, uh, no, right before the Civil War. And it's like you have Rick Ross out of nowhere in an eight in a nineteenth century film, and I think that's just yeah. genius from Tarantino to put it in there. And then I also work out yeah. to that song all the time. So I was, hundred black coffins. I was about to say I'm, gonna, I'm going to work out right after this, and that's getting turned on a hundred percent, a hundred percent. That movie, mm-hmm. that, that that song is absolute fire. I love yeah. that song. I, I, I love I that song. Believe, I can't believe mm-hmm. huge oversight on my part. Can't believe I didn't even think of it. I, I was nervous. I was going to take it my last round, but I wanted to go with something more, a little more recognizable because on my fifth round, you're going to see that fifth round pick. That's going to be something, oh, that's, that's that creative mind where you're getting it together with your final pick. Yeah. It's also, one last point on that is that Tarantino, like he usually goes with the classics, like Stuck in the Middle with You, or I know we're mm-hmm. going to get to honorable mentions in a second. There's a couple others, like in Pulp or – like he doesn't really use songs of the present. And it's interesting that he did that with that one. So – very interesting. But now, before I read off our list, any honorable mentions? We'll start with you, Dr. Rowe. Uh, yeah. I had Bohemian Rhapsody Live Aid show from Bohemian Rhapsody. I thought that was the best scene of the movie. Um, it earned like the, the largest praise, I would say. And then, uh, obviously, it's like known for being that shot for shot from the actual performance. And it shows Rami Malek just putting on a show. Um, I had Afternoon Delight from Anchorman. Yes. I also had I Bob Dylan and Watchmen. Times are changing, like a montage scene. Didn't think of that one. Uh, so that's a great one. And then finally, let me pick one more. Uh, Layla and Goodfellas, where they're like they're going mm. through and like they show all those dead bodies and like how Jimmy Conway's kind of falling off the cliff a little bit. So, and then lastly, hand jive. Ooh, <laughs> the hand jive uh, scene. You're the one that I want is better. No, no. No, no, oh, that was good. No. Oh, you no, guys. the dancing, the no, no, you're you're missing it. You're missing it. Danny Zuko, no, and you're Tata. missing it. You're, you're focusing it. on you're focusing on the song. The dancing I'm in not. the hand jive scene no. is phenomenal. Oh, phenomenal. No, you're wrong. Olivia you're, you're, John looks terrific. Like just because dead she gorgeous. looks really good in the scene, that makes no. Are you? They, Are you kidding me? Hand jive scene. No, it's no, absolutely no, crushing. Not it. as good of a song. Imagine your high school not dances as... were like that. Were you people just going off dance competitions left and right? You want movie, that? No, the ending of the movie at, at, for Greece so much better with that song rather than hand jive. When like there's a lot of confrontation with Sandy and John Travolta. Like no, no, I'm not. No, but the music. That's not what the. That's not what this top billing is. The top billing best. Music moments, yeah. dancing, dancing, song. Yes, I you think they're better be. dancing than that? Than than the hand jive? They, they go nuts. This top they go bananas. This top is only about dancing. That's what, what you're saying. No, no but it's also yeah, the combination of the two. It's the combination of the end. The end of the vote. 
we'll we'll hold a vote on our social media because this is clearly very divisive right now. I mean, I'm on the hand jive side, but we'll have we'll hold a vote. We'll hold a vote. All right. Well, I let's. I, I guess I'll do my honorable mentions after that. Mm-hmm. Insane, insane. Um, what's it called? Debate that you guys just had. Um, we missed one with the Pulp Fiction dance dancing. That's yeah, that might right yeah, there. That might get some. Also, the the Pulp Fiction opening credits with uh with that that song that the Black Eyed Peas sample is also sick. Sets the tone for the movie. Sweet emotion, dazed and confused. That intro sets the tone. Mm, yeah, for the movie good right one. There. Um, the Jurassic Park song when they're exploring Jurassic Park for the first time, iconic. John Scott, Williams. Scotty doesn't know. Um, <laughs> Great cameo. That's, that's good. That would have been a good pick. Amazing. Um, Boats and Hoes from Step Brothers and Conte Partido, another great one. Um, and then I guess I'll just say one last one, and that's Top Gun Danger Zone. Danger Zone. That. Or Hanging with the Boys from from Top. Uh, oh yeah, that was a great one. one. Yeah. Yeah, playing with the boys. That's great. Uh, a couple for me. Immigrant song from Thor Ragnarok. Just a shift of that character in that series. Oh, that's good. I think that was good. White chicks. I think that was the great dancing scene. Oh yeah. Um, I like. Wait, that wait. Was like a thousand miles? No, or that one. That's with uh, Terry no, Crews. No, the 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 break dancing scene. Oh, yeah. uh, okay. Yeah. Um, bad reputation from Shrek when he's fighting Lord Farquaad's people henchmen. Yeah. Um, him to be square, American Psycho. That was. I was debating that. And Great then, dances. Um, yeah, yeah. And then just a couple, just the other ones similar to Jaws that I was debating with, Star Wars and Imperial Fleet music, James Bond, Skyfall, um, Son of a, uh, sorry, uh, Ocean's Eleven at the end with Claire de Lune. And then the ending to this podcast, A Real Hero at Dr- and Drive. Mm-hmm. That would been good. That was on my big board. All right, that rounds out our top billing. I'll quickly read them off before I throw it back over to Nez. Ricky Flicks has Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Back to the Future, Wayne's World, Bohemian Rhapsody, Shout, Wedding Crashers, and Jaws. Nez has Saturday Night Fever, Staying Alive, Dancing Scene, uh, Napoleon Dynamite, Say Anything, Dirty Dancing, The Ending, and then Hop to the Time Machine, Let's Get It Started. Then Dr. O has Rap Battle from 8 Mile, The Ending with Papa Doc, The Guardian's Intro, Come and Get Your Love, Reservoir Dogs, Stuck in the Middle with You, the Joker staircase scene, and then Django 100 Black Coffins. Nez, over to you. All right. Well, that will conclude the 19th episode of the Drive-In Podcast. We'd like to thank you for listening, for listening, and we'd love to hear your feedback. Make sure to leave us a review and rate us five stars. Also, follow us on all our social media platforms. We are at the Drive-In Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. The Drive-In on Facebook and YouTube. And check out our blog on a daily basis on the driveinpod.com. Once again, thank you for listening, and we will smell you.